I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wolfric Snaptrap uses stronger words. So do we. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Brittany. And Goodwin's muted. And I'm Goodwin. <laughs> I'm muted. In lieu of indie, Goodwin will mute. <laughs> Today we're reading chapter 17 of Melting Stones. Grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's rock and stone. tell Rose Thorne about their plan. Rose Thorne says, absolutely not. All of them argue about it. And then Evie is like, fuck you. I'm going to go do it anyway. Um, and then scares Miriam off along the way. Goes to meet Claire and Cornelia. Yeah, them. And uh, dresses herself up in rocks to make herself look more human, but with stones. Mm-hmm. And then they are let out of their cage. And they drip nearby. That's and they're really tall. They're really tall. Mm-hmm. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Tell me all about it, y'all. My first one is when Miriam first shows up to talk to Evie. You know, she has a little cloth sling and has her dreadful doll in it. And it reminded me of Glocky when she was copying uh, Triss. And now Miriam is doing the same thing to Evie. It's very cute. And then uh, someone also made her a small pouch for her to wear around her neck. And she keeps the little piece of feldspar in it that Evie gave to her too. And that's also really cute. Miriam loves her so much. And Evie's so mean. She's so mean. My last like is uh, when Evie calls Luvo a stubborn chunk of rock. She's also a stubborn chunk of rock. But yeah, what's that thing he says uh, after uh, she like tells Miriam off? That was a hard thing to say for a meat person, something like that. For a human, that was hard speaking. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of when Nori says that 
she doesn't like Evie. Yeah. I liked when Rose Thorn says, ought to trims no trees, Luvo. Like, oh, I really ought to mow my lawn. Will not get it mowed. Nope. It's real talk. Rose Thorn is so wise. I'd call her old if we didn't, if I didn't know she would kill me if I said that. <laughs> also, compared to Luvo, she's not old. True. Very true. Uh, I like it when Luvo's talking to Evie, and Evie says, Stop ill-wishing, Luvo. I wish to make this work. I do not do anything that might be termed a wish for good or ill. Neither do I want you to end your days as charcoal. But can we talk about that scene for a second? This is the same scene that we read in the excerpt. And I just love that she's like, keeps pulling out these rocks and he has a snarky comment about every single one of them he's <laughs> such a negative nancy so i can't entirely blame her for just being like luvo if you're not gonna help leave me alone <laughs> yeah not helpful brutalated quartz to increase my effectiveness jade for wisdom and protection sardonyx for courage i doubt yours would ever fail but at least that one will accomplish what you wish for it. Rock water for strength and perseverance. As if you ever required either of these things, Evu May May. <laughs> Malachite for protection from peril. A moon cut from it would not be enough to guard you from carnelian and flare. You're not helping. <laughs> Piffle. All of it. <laughs> you learned that from Rose Thorn. <laughs> This is just an amazing page. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know there'd be like funny banter with Luvo, but th there is <laughs> very, very, very funny banter. You know what this means? I need Luvo to meet Costco. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't think I can handle that. that uh, I, mm. Please send me, please send your Luvo Pasco fan fictions to templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com and in the subject line put for Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want to say I really like the two lines that Luvo says like near the beginning of that. I doubt yours would ever fail, but that at least may accomplish. It's, it, it, it is like a compliment, but also incredibly condescending. I don't know how he managed it's, that. It's a backhanded compliment. It's like, thanks, rude. Right. <laughs> I really like the description of her uh, stone tunic and like the tourmaline leggings and like the eyebrows and uh, the gold feldspar being her skin. Like, it's just kind of neat. It made me think of like a cooler toff. Because when, when she puts, I, I know we keep bringing up rock bending, but uh... honestly, I'm watching Avatar right now, and every scene with Toph, I just think of Evie. The last episode we watched was very Toph centric, and I was just like, Toph is Evie, and I just imagined Evie in this position. Yeah, pretty much. Evie is Toph with eyes. Yeah, <laughs> which is a terrible thing to say, <laughs> but like I honestly feel like that's the biggest difference between Evie and Toph. Toph is blind, Evie's not. Everything else, everything else is pretty similar. Person. Yeah, yeah. I also like the part where the where the quartz crystals are talking back to Evie. It's like, oh, it's our pleasure to keep them here, but uh, look at how they fucking ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. They're not good house guests. Yeah. They're incredibly rude. This is just a very funny chapter. It is. It's very short, but it's very, very funny. I remember when we read Melting Stones, we talked about the how the witty banter between Sandry and Pasco helped lighten the mood with these very gruesome murders. And similar with Keth and Triss and Shatterglass. And I feel like that's what this chapter is doing here. Like this function is to be like, this has been very heavy humor. Yeah. That's good. I feel like we needed it. Yeah. I uh, like the old crystal arguing with the other ones. Yeah, the old one's just crotchety and like what what, what does he say? It's like there's been too much excitement around here lately. Yeah, because they're like, oh, the thing your friend did where it twisted us around and joined us together, like, now we're all together, and it's more orderly, and we're better able to resist heat, and this is wonderful. And the old one's like, too many changes, you young whippersnappers. Okay, boomer. Okay, million and a half year old rock, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Many of us have stolen power from your rude friends, the housekeeper Crystal added. But we will be happy if they never return. (laughs) I don't know if we got Oswin's last name previously, but on page 234, we learned that his last name is Forrest. I like. Also, Evie has mentioned, I think Evie mentioned in the previous chapter, like, why wasn't Oswin a name? And damn it, Oswin Forrest is kind of a mage's name. So yeah. he's got he's got the mentality and the name. He just doesn't have the magic. There's a part where Evie like talks to the rocks and she's like, hey, shift over because this seat is lumpy. And I wish I could do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wrote, let's talk about Evie telling Miriam she's not her friend. Poor Miriam. Poor Miriam. And she tells Luvo, I'll make it up to her later, which she's already said to Rosethorn about a different problem. And I just want to point out just again, piling it on. this is the same thing that Briar said about Jagoris before everything went to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Briar and Evie have a lot in common, I suppose. Yes. For sure. The last thing is on page 237, she's describing her jacket that she's putting all the rocks in and she says the plain black jacket had eight pockets in it there were four outside two over my chest two over my hips and two inside yeah where are the other two pockets i read that sentence those couple sentences a few times like that's only six (laughs) i'm bad at math (laughs) i didn't even notice Please send your speculation about the missing two pockets to templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Subject line, the missing pockets. Um, I think they got sacrificed to a volcano. Yes. (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Uh, the theme that I found was regret. Because mm. uh, we see Evie regretting putting Carnelian and Flair in the trap because their power is getting uh, more powerful. Uh, we see it with Miriam as well. She's like, Miriam, you need to leave. Go. Now, go. Get. I'm not your friend. Get out of here. She's like, oh, I'll apologize later. Like, uh, there's not always a later, you know? Yeah. You don't have to be mean. I'm just going to read my notes word for word. Theme, destruction. Look, I just want to point out that Evie says she doesn't want to be an accidental destroyer, but in her attempt to avoid that, she's destroying her relationship with Miriam. Damn. Yep. True. I did not have a theme. <laughs> what? Boo! <laughs> it was a very short chapter. It was. It was. I was going to say, well, in that case, let's move on to step three. Three. Insert cue, insert music cue here. <laughs> Step three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Molly, do you want to go first so we all have a chance to go first? Sure. (laughs) I was looking at this and I'm trying to remember what the exact context was. I think there's maybe two different things that I could have been thinking of. But this is where I'm going to rant about being a teacher, possibly. Um, So I wrote, listen to children. And then I wrote, give them time. Give them your attention. I always have trouble with parents who tell their children not to interrupt a conversation between adults. 
sometimes when I am at work, I'll be like shooting the breeze with a coworker and like their kid will come up and be like, mom, mom, whatever. The parent will be like, don't interrupt while the adults are talking. I feel like being over 18 is not reason enough to give me precedence over someone else. If it's an important conversation, but I feel like sometimes they're not. And so I just feel awkward when that happens. I don't know. Having a kid of my own, most of the time, the thing that she has to say can wait a few seconds. There's this show that Malia watches. It's called Bluey. I feel like, yes, there was an episode. I feel like they did a really good job of something like this. I've tried to implement this with Malia. If she sees people talking, then instead of interrupting us, I have her put her hand on me. That way I'm aware that she wants to say something to me. That way I can try to finish up the conversation that I'm having and then turn to her and be like, okay, I know that you're wanting my attention. So what are you needing? That way she knows that I know that she's there, but she's also not interrupting what's going on over here as well too because it could be an important conversation also with her putting her hand on me if it's not an important conversation okay hold on my child needs me you know so I I feel like that episode is was did a really good job I think that way I'm catering to my child but also not like hey interrupting this over here like I'm I'm catering to both people at the same time I feel doing it that way it's a better balance. Yeah. I don't feel like I get the impression of what, not everybody, but I feel like there are adults, particularly at my work, who I feel I don't get the impression of like trying to cater to both. I feel like if you say like, hey, it's not really polite to like interrupt. I feel like that should like kind of stand for everyone. If you are having a conversation with Malia and I come up, then it wouldn't be polite for me to interrupt that either. Um, right. Then you could do like I do tell Malia now. <laughs> just put your hand on. Too, like, okay, hold on, Malia. I will continue this conversation. Let me see what Molly needs real quick. I don't think that should just be for children. I feel like that, that could be used for anyone. It's like, hey. I feel like I'm sometimes given priority specifically because I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that's a good enough reason. Um, I actually had this conversation with my mom a couple of days ago because I had recently read this chapter and I was over at her house and I was like, what did you do when we were growing up? Because I don't remember if you were talking to an adult and like I came up and had something to tell you. And I know that she she was like, well, it depends a lot on context because it was an important conversation that I would have said, hey. Like, I see you, but you're going to have to wait a minute. Yeah. Because, but if it, yeah. if it wasn't. Now, if you're coming in screaming, hey, my sister is bleeding and dying. And they're like, hey. <laughs> right. like, I don't and then hopefully the other adult is also going to be like, okay. Wait for this conversation to be over. I need you to tell me immediately if my child right. is dying. That's right. Such an interesting conversation about like priority of like a conversation and like what counts as important and what doesn't. Yeah, I really like I really like your method actually, Brittany. Um, but it's not mine. It, it's from Bluey. But well, well, I I think it's a good system. You're applying it. 
I am. I learned something from a kid cartoon. Uh, this this makes me okay. like this kid's cartoon. It's it's a really good cartoon. It, it's an Australian one. It's really cute. It's people on like, Plus. Yeah, people like Bluey apparently. Like, like adults Bluey. watch Bluey because adults it's watch it and learn lessons from it. There's so many like parenting tips on this show. It's like, oh, I should apply that. that that's, that's awesome. It's really it's a really good kids show. It's it's probably one of my favorites that I've seen. Yeah. It's like if your kid doesn't stop acting up, feed him to a dingo. Yeah. <laughs> well, those, those are the lessons. Yes. I've, I've met other parents who have formed like different signals with their kids. I had a friend who her and her kids had whistles. So she had like two or three whistles that had specific meetings. And then her kids had two or three whistles that had specific meanings. So like if they were in the store or whatever, they'd whistle at each other. And so like, if she didn't know where her kid was, she, she had like a, Hey, where are you whistle? Or like a, I'm over here. And, and, and so she would whistle and they'd respond. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I was like, that's so cool. And she was like, yeah, this, and she was, I don't remember, but I remember she went, yeah, this whistle means this, and this whistle means this, and this is the whistle that the kids have that means this. Um, and so it was easy, like in a crowded space, it was kind of easy for her to locate kids. And I think I've known other people who have like hand, like quick hand signals with their kids. I know I've known teachers that have had hand signals with specific students. They have students who have certain needs, especially students who are likely to be disruptive in class because of X thing, then they will come up with hand signals with that kid. So like the teacher, like this means that I'm signaling you, hey, tone it down a bit or whatever. The student might have a signal that shows like whatever that they can- I'm being overwhelmed by something. Right, yeah. yeah. That, remind, that reminds me a little bit of the, uh, when the teacher is just like, all right, I'm going to do this until like all the kids in class start like oh. paying attention or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's so funny how it works because it's just them standing and then like one kid's like, oh, hey, the teacher's doing the thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, we need to be quiet. And then everyone else is like, oh, hey, the teacher. And then it ends up being like two or three kids that just will not stop talking because they're not paying attention and everyone's just like, dude, yeah, read the room. <laughs> It's so funny. One that was used throughout the school where I worked was people would, there was a like a specific rhythm. I think it was just like. Yeah. And so like the teacher would clap it and then the kids would respond. And it was usually like a, a call. So it was this call and this clapping call and response. And it went, it'd usually go two or three times. And after the second or third time, everybody was quiet. Mm-hmm. Um. And at the school now, they use a variation on it, which is, uh, if you can hear my voice clap once, if you can hear my voice clap twice, if you can hear my voice clap three times, and you just keep going up. Um, and that it's so effective that our superintendent uses it to gather everyone's attention at professional development at the beginning of the year. <laughs> like. Because we all Hilarious. file into like the cafeteria and there's, I don't know, a couple hundred teachers and nothing's 
going on. So we're all chatting, getting getting to know new people, seeing uh, other coworkers, catching up on various things. Sometimes it's, oh, hey, I need to touch base with you on this one kid that I know we both have. And a lot of stuff is going on. And so they, the person just goes, so the superintendent goes to the mic when, when it's time to start and just says, if you can hear my voice, clap once. If you can hear my voice, clap twice. That's awesome. And it works. Hey, um, if, it, if it works, it works, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mine is don't be too overconfident. Um, I feel like Evie's being a little too overconfident in all of this. Rose Thorne is trying to tell her, hey, this shit is going to go bad. You probably shouldn't do this. And then Luvo is like, Rose Thorne has no idea. I'm telling you not to do this. And if he's saying that Rose Thorne has no idea, it's way worse than what she is saying already. So I feel like Evie is being a little too nonchalant about this. Sometimes you need to... uh, Heed what other people are saying, regardless of whether you think that you got it, because you might not got it. I I get that she's trying to save lives and try to help people. But at the same time, it's like you you should probably listen to the people around you because they may know more than you do. That's interesting because I actually don't really get the impression that she feels confident. I get the impression that she is putting on an air of confidence because she feels like this is something she has to do because she's like i fucked up and i have to fix it and like confidence even over like i don't don't know guilt i guess yeah because too hard on yourself i guess (laughs) because sometimes people fuck up and people around you are willing to help and yet you're not listening to anybody around you you're just like i fucked up i gotta fix this on my own and uh, you don't always have to do that. You can uh, rely on other people around you because sometimes they've been through some shit too. Especially Lubo in this. He was born from this. Um, I think he probably know more. And uh, he he also helped in this fuck up. So mm-hmm. don't, don't take it all on yourself. Yeah. Uh, you can rely on people around you too. But I also think that's like the center point of Evie's problem, right? Like, I don't know how to phrase this. Like she has a lonely existence. She's decided that she doesn't like people. And part of that is also like not relying on other people. Like she, she pushes people away to the point that she also won't let them help her. Well, that's my magic. Don't be like Evie. Let people help you. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you uh, have hardened yourself against the world, like people will help you. Just, you got to let them, you got to open up. You got to let them. Is it my turn? Yes. Yeah. It's my turn. Okay. Yes. I did the exact opposite. What I got out of this book is that uh, fuck everything. It always seems impossible until it's done. So just go in head first and just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> do it by yourself. It's fine. <laughs> uh, really the part where she's talking with Luvo and Luvo's like, I don't think you understand these beings make and unmake the surface of the entire earth and she's like you worry so because you can't imagine tricking the forces that gave birth to you Yeah, he's never even considered of doing stuff another way because he's so used to doing it one way but like yeah, 
it, it always seems impossible until it's done. So try, try. That's all you can do sometimes. Chapter 18 is called Luvo Thunders. Oh boy. He's going to get his loud, boomy voice going again. He's going to scare Carnelian and Flair, maybe, with his loud, scary, boomy voice. Because they are children, and he already scared some children in, in this book. So that's a good point. But they're tall, scary children now. So we'll see. <laughs> they're, they're tall, scary flame children that could melt Lupo. Yeah. So scared. Um, He's so scared. I don't blame him. They're creepy. Do, do you have, do you, we, Goodwin and I talked about that extensively on our little duo mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. If I hadn't have listened to the audio, because in the audio, they're not very terrifying, but just reading it. They sound like kids. They're horrifying. They're so scary. So Come scary. with us. Yeah. They're so scary. Join us in the pool of um, lava. <laughs> Any thoughts that you want to add to Brittany's predictions? Luvo Thunders. I think Luvo is going to stop being a little wiener and stack up actually help Evie out. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best way to put it. I hope that Luvo like that's, that's kind of being a little wiener. No, that's it. That's 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 all I got. Um, I I hope that he I don't know man's up. It's not it's not rocks sorry, up. Not gender. Yeah, he. I hope Luvo gets hard. I hope that Luvo. God, they're cackling in the background. Y'all can't hear that. They are absolutely cracking up. Now, I hope that Luvo gains the testicular fortitude to help Evie out instead of just whining about, oh, it's so hot down there. I'm a little rock. I'm going to melt. It's so hot. Bro, get in there. Help your friend out. I love how Goodwin always takes like literal life and death situations and then turns them into, well, so-and-so's just being a whiny bitch. As a self-proclaimed alpha, ah, you know, it just comes naturally to me to put myself in dangerous situations. What can I say? We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 18 of Melting Stones. Your course wasn't a toy. It was a trap, Flair growled. You are a cheat. I'm going to melt you. Then I'll coat the quartz toy with you. People in my world escape these toys every day, Flair. And we escape things like the mountain. Well, I did. I turned on the persuasion. But there's another way that's made for only a pair like you and Carnelian. I found it by accident on my way here. Flair opened his mouth. Heat billowed from him, turning solid earth to smoke. I couldn't move fast enough. Pain shot through me. Pain I thought I couldn't feel in that shape. I rolled into a tiny ball, fighting the agony. I was terrified that if I gave into it, I'd lose control of my magic. I'd turn to smoke, just as that soil had done, and be lost forever. You will stop. Luvo's voice boomed from every pebble, every stone, and especially from the huge obsidian and granite shields. It shivered the soil. You will stop or I will crush you so deep 
it will be forever before you rise this high again. Hurt Evume once more, and I will see to it you forget your soul. I stretched out. Carefully, I remade my magical eyes. Flair and Parnelian had curled up. I didn't blame them. I felt like paste. Luvo's voice was that big in the ground. He sounded like the mountain he was at home, a mountain far bigger than Mount Grace. Rain luck on us, hey bay, I prayed. Don't let them find out Luvo has no power over them. Evie, who's that? Carnelian whispered. You do not have the right to address Evu May, thundered Luvo. You have not earned the right to address anyone. I shivered everywhere in every grain of stone that filled me. Carnelian and Flair shrank even more. He's not as bad as he feels, I whispered. Who are you, big voice? Flair didn't sound as nasty as he had just a few moments ago, but he wasn't as wary as Carnelian. And who's Evu May? What's it? She is Evu May May. You are not so much as a drop in the earth's veins. Luvo's bellow flattened me, and my magical body wasn't entirely real. It drove Flair and Carnelian deep into the earth, hundreds of yards below where we'd been. I let myself drop to follow them. I had to find out how he did that. When I caught up to the volcano kids, they were slowly stretching themselves out, making themselves big again. What was that? Carnelian kept her voice quiet in case he might hear. Where did it come from? How does it know you? Can it hear us? Can it find us? Flair just looked around nervously as if Luvo might appear out of the rock. With a magma vein warming my magical feet, giving me all new strength, I knew Luvo wouldn't come near this place. Still, after what he had done, I had to think about exactly what Luvo meant when he said he was helpless. Apparently, he and I had two different meanings for that word. I couldn't do anything when I was helpless, but Luvo could thunder through the earth. It is a he, I explained. His name is Luvo. Well, that's part of his name. The only part I could pronounce anyway. He's a mountain. He makes the mountain you're trying to break through look like, a, look like that piece of granite I put between us. I was doing some really fast thinking now. He's my friend, but I have to tell you, he doesn't like the idea of you and your friends blasting this mountain apart just so you can go out. I don't think he'll let you do it. He used his big, scary, booby voice. Yeah. He used his big, scary, booby voice. He thundered for real. Brittany Ooh. was correct. Gold star. Yes. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly. Brittany. Indy. And Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake at us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. 
You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. <laughs> How the fuck do numbers work again? Yeah, something like that. Right. Mm, mm, mm. There we go. <laughs> you look like you're trying to make Hebrew letters with your... I was trying to do something. These are Hebrew gang signs, okay? <laughs> that problem, that's easier. There we go. 17. I know what my stinger is. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.